Welcome to Garage Conversation with Char, or GCC for short. My name is Charlene Brisbane, and you are about to listen to a podcast in the second series. The intent of the discussion remains as it was from the start, to inform, engage, and inspire. My daughter Shelby continues to come along for the ride as my producer and sort of co-host. However, she gave up editing somewhere in the first series to Christine, a professional editor. Yes, most of the podcasts continue to be recorded in my garage, weather permitting, or my guest's ability to travel. If you have listened previously, I appreciate your continued support. If this is your first podcast, thanks for giving it a try. Good morning, Shelby. Good morning, Mom. Oh, we have my new grand dog here today. Yeah, he's laying on the floor. Sorry, I'm little. I took him on a walk this morning. I was like, man, it's cold. I thought it was going to be warmer today. Yeah, considering it is, what, April 3rd, we are, it seemed like starting yesterday, it got pretty cold, so. Yeah. Yeah. Not really about that life, but. Well, you know. it, it'll warm up soon, and, you know, we are, we're, we're heading towards Easter, so I can drink Starbucks again. I gave <laughs> <laughs> So I'm drinking my homemade green tea, and um, I know as I get my guest breakfast or drinks, so. I I will drink this black tea, but I want to put it over ice, and then I'll have it when I'll do it, doing my running around. I'll drink it eventually. Okay. You didn't specify ice. You just said black tea, so I assume just, No, I don't blame you, because when Christian and I go get Dunkin' Donuts, we always get the same thing every time, and usually we both get large iced unsweetened black teas. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't even think to to mention it. Yeah. I just figured because we're in the garage and it happens to be cold today, you would want hot. You know, I drink cold all the time, but you know, it is, it's, it is, it's just, it's, you know, how it is. I just, as far as it being still, still being cold, I just wanted to get warm enough so I can plant my flowers. That's all I want. I'm waiting. Oh yeah. You know, uh, Pop-Pop said you have to help him plant on the porch. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Although little Larry's old enough now, he's come on now. He's just going to play in the dirt. Be yeah, real. that's fair. That's that's my great nephew. So, anyway, as we're, I guess we should get into our topic, which I'm pretty excited about to have my cousin Tahisha back again. You may remember her from the This Is Me blog, and during that time, I think we did talk about crafts, and she does some beautiful quilts, and she brought her friend Crystal along, who is very crafty. I have seen her basement now, which is just like amazing. She showed me some pictures, but it just seems like um, I I think it would be great to talk about crafts and how you know there's something that have seemed to come back, you know, that was something like the quilting and the crocheting and all these things. And I think with COVID, maybe it's a great opportunity to make money. That's absolutely correct. And I think not even just in kind of the the hobby realm, but in, I think, the art world as well. Yeah. There has been this kind of gravitation. It's not all that recent, but back towards the handicraft, which is the quilting and the, the folk art and the quote unquote low art mm. that was really shunned from the artistic community and from those, you know, white cube spaces and museum spaces. And now we see a lot of artists, especially like black artists who really, or contemporary black artists really embrace that culture because it is, you know, it can be a very cultural thing, not just for the black community, but a lot of different um, communities of color. So yeah. And I think it's a great way beyond maybe the financial to relieve stress, like to 
to do your crafts and, and share your talent with others. I know if you go to the website, the quilt you see was made by my lovely cousin, Taisha. So she, so which was like, when she started quilting, I was like, quilting? That just seems like so old fashioned or something, but. So old lady. Yeah, you know, she's, she's much younger than me. Um, but, um, but nonetheless, it is just beautiful. And I love my quilt and I've seen different ones that she's done for different people. So um, without further, further ado, I want, you know, Crystal and Taisha just to introduce yourself. And, you know, of course it's a podcast, so you can share whatever you feel comfortable sharing. We'll let Crystal go first, and she's new to the podcast. <laughs> okay. So, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm here to this morning. And so, I started crafting. Well, actually, I went to school for crafting. Oh, wow. Went to school for clothing and textile. Awesome. And that was many, many, many years ago. Really, really <laughs> um, cool. But it's really funny how those types of things actually stick with you. So, um, I moved from doing... Uh, sewing to embroidery to bacon and now crafting all kinds. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Taisha, what else would you like to say about yourself? Although, like I said, you've been introduced before, but on this topic, what would you want to say? Um, I think I just would say that uh, I just started quilting around the time, I guess it was maybe shortly after 2012. I think it was like more like 2013 or 2014. I can't really remember, but it was something that just kind of Initially, just to take up some time and some real, I was thinking of things that help with uh, trying to relax your mind and keep mm-hmm. your mind off of things. And then when I actually went back to work and uh, bumped into Crystal, because she was like, don't I know you? And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we started talking, you know, like she would tell me about the things that she would, would do and Crystal's motivation. I mean, she's really, she really is motivation. So she mm. makes me step my game up. So, so. <laughs> but you, you do need a um, network. So, I mean, one of the things that I really do engage myself in is all kinds of groups because you do have to have somebody or something to chase. So, like, <laughs> I mean, you can't be the the best one out here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you may excel in one craft or another, but you're like, oh, but wait a minute, now how they do that? And believe it or not, the people on the different social medias are very helpful. Mm-hmm. They are very responsive. Oh, cool. So I guess, um, Crystal, you do multi-crafts, but maybe you can talk a little bit. And, and Taisha, you do a couple of things too. Like what crafts do you do and like, why do you do them? Or what keeps you motivated to do others? I mean, just. <laughs> so with the crafting, I call myself craft curious. So I do anything that's a challenge. Um, like I look around and just be like, well, how, why do they do that? Or how, you know, yesterday I was figuring out how to sublimate on wood. You know, and so I watched a couple videos and by the end of the night, I was sublimating on wood, but also necessity. So when COVID first started, I hadn't used my sewing machine in probably six years, something like that. And one night early on, I actually made a mask and I was just really playing around with it. You know, by the time COVID was over, well, not that we're ever over, but Mm. by the time, you know, things had begun to open up and masks were more, you know, available, I had made close to $10,000 for masks. Oh, wow. Yes. I mean, so it was, and and because I stopped so well, I had material and things in the house. So when you couldn't get out and get it, I was just like, okay, how else can we do it? So, I mean, necessity being the first thing, but then others, 
enjoyment. So I bought a KitchenAid mixer, took some classes, started a baking business. Mm. Bought the Glowforge in November, decided, you know, I'm going to make some things for Christmas. Started doing that. So basically, it's just like I get a piece of equipment and that kind of dictates what I'm going to do next. And <laughs> that's really it. <laughs> I'm telling you, Crystal is the truth. <laughs> when we, when the men started to come about, she was, we were going back and forth, and I said, Crystal, I'm not doing this no more. This is like slave work. I know, because you were making, you made me my Mickey mask, which I love, and my Eagles mask. It was just too much. I was like, I mean, I started giving a bunch of orders, and Crystal was just like off to the moon, and I was just like, well, uh, no. <laughs> you sound sort of like Shelby, where she has this push and pull about her art as being. Something she could do a business with, but what she loves, and then the, and, the, and she like complains when she well, has clients. Okay. <laughs> well, see, this is the thing. I think as far as my own art practice goes, a lot of my work maybe isn't you know it's not practical like masks or or something like that. I and where I think well, I really want to focus, and I'm, I'm glad Crystal you brought up the community based or the community the aspect of community that I think is so important in crafting and also just making in general and art making in general. And I was talking to you about this, Mom, like missing that collaborative art space mm-hmm. to be able to to talk with other artists and other crafters and, and people who make things with their hands and bounce things off of each other because that's what art is. A lot of the like masterpieces have been made because they were like, oh, this artist is doing that. Let me let me do this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, and I do sell some of my paintings sometimes, but- I know. I'm really like my art, I, I consider to be like my, my abstract paintings. Pet portraits, you know, I do them and like I can I can sell them. <laughs> Whatever happened to my painting? It's, it, it will come. It will come. I do. I do have. I, I have. It's been about four years. Just so you know. <laughs> yes, it does take Shelby some time. But when you come through, you'll be. Well, but see, I'm I'm thinking about. Maybe. I don't know what I'm doing. I've said that multiple times on this podcast, but maybe grad school, in which case I have to really create a portfolio. So that will mean I, I have to. Thank you, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll get your But that's painting. a real struggle. I mean, honestly, it is because when you do like to craft and then you're so excited to get an order, like, you know, we talk about this all the time, being thrilled yeah. that somebody wants to buy your stuff. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it's like, oh, gosh, now I got all these orders, which now means I can't do what I want to do. You know? <laughs> right. And so I always try to incorporate some time that I'm going to be able to do things for myself because I feel like if I'm not doing that, then I become a little bit disenchanted with the whole thing. Yeah. So I have to have it because I, I might see something on my way home and I'm like, okay, I'm stopping by Michael's. I got what else do I need? And I want to do it, and I just have to make sure that I'm putting orders far enough out. Like I don't like somebody to say they want something tomorrow, right? Because then that means I got to clear the whole schedule. I like to kind of have time to balance it. I need you to talk to to Christian, my my boyfriend, Christian. He's a tattoo artist, and so he has the same kind of. He's a fabulous artist. He was a um, scientific illustration major and then um, printmaking major. So he's very talented illustrator or artist rather. And he, and so while he loves like drawing and tattooing, sometimes he gets like, uh, because he doesn't have time or he feels like he doesn't have time for just his own illustration work or drawing work. And I'm like, you really have to set aside that time. Mm-hmm. And also... And this might be part of the tattooing industry, but also I feel like he has he has some say in this. 
people can just contact him and be like, I want this to like, you're the thing that we agreed on. Can you completely change it the day before? And a lot of times he'll like conform to that. So I- For free? Well, they still would pay for a tattoo, but- No, I mean, do they pay for changes? No, I, I and I, that's another thing. <laughs> I'm like, he's definitely one of those artists that's like, well, you know, he's getting better, but like, I don't know how to, it's hard for me to charge people for things. And we've had a whole conversation about, about this. this on the artful conversation. We had talked about art, one. but it is, you know, it's work and it's time. And but you, but you learn, I mean, even Shelby learned with the pet portraits that like tell people to pay her a percentage up front mm-hmm. and changes after so many are charged this. I, I remember you had one particularly difficult client that helped you change. <laughs> oh my gosh. But the one thing you cannot get back is time. Right. right. And time is your most valuable asset. So anytime that a change is made, time should be considered and it should be, you should definitely get paid for that. But the one thing I will say is um, I don't take orders at all. I just, what I, what I have is what I have. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, that's what it is. Cause I, you know, because everybody is so different. I like to just do it from a certain perspective and it f- depends on what I'm feeling when I am in that space of making something. So if that's what I have, that's what I have to sell. I don't, I don't take orders for that reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a little different. <laughs> well, and I will also add anything that um, is not an item that you can restock and sell openly should be paid for up front. I mean, I, all of my orders are paid for in advance. Mm-hmm. I don't do, I don't get started <laughs> until I have all of your money because I can't resell something with your logo on it. Right. Now, if it was just something that's, and I mean, really just, I require full payment, period. So we don't have that problem. And then basically, if there's going to be a change um, before I get started, I don't mind it if it's minor. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, then, I mean, you've just wasted the time right. that I spent on your item. And so, you know, I will always, you know, um, work with the customer. But at the same time, I will let them know that, they, will, you know, I can certainly do that. But there mm-hmm. will be some additional, you know, costs. Right. Yeah, I think that gets to the the point about, you know, people think, oh, it's just crafts, but that is your time and that is your talent and it still is an art form. So every, every artist will, bris- will bristle at the, oh, it's just yeah. blank. It's like, it, no, it's not because like we were talking about it is time. And also like it, it can be a pra- passion project. Like Taisha, that's what you were kind of talking about. It's very kind of like impressionistic of you. Like as far as like the art movement is very like, it was focused on capturing a moment in time Mm -hmm. and there's something very beautiful about that and that in itself is you know worthy of being paid for so yeah and and you know what uh i was also thinking and taisha you also like we're planning or my my parents um renewal of the vows and you know we got mason jars and you are coming up with some kind of crafts and other things for that so you know, and, and also, Crystal, what 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 becomes your inspirational for for these things? I know you mentioned okay, COVID, you know, and then I had to put. I thought about masks, but mm-hmm. are there events, times, what kind of things inspire you to to craft? Do you, uh, so just straight out crafting or addressing a customer's needs? Just in general. Oh, just in general. I just look at any. I mean, like honestly, <laughs> I just look at anything. I really, I look for the wow. Yeah, okay. So, so basically, if I have a thought, like, mm-hmm. so this shirt here was inspired, 
because it's like I've been to so many universities, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But in reality, the one that I use the most is YouTube University. Yeah, her shirt so, says YouTube University. Wait a minute, let me just say this. Everything Crystal has on, she made, with probably with the exception of her wedding ring. Oh, wow. <laughs> her earrings, earrings? her necklace, yes. Oh, wow. Sure, I was going to tweet that out. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, I mean, that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing. Or if you look on on social media and you see something like you, oh, that's nice. I want to try my hand at something like that. And then you're always thinking like, that would have been cute, but they should have added or they could have added. And then you go ahead. And just like she was saying, you know, it's basically a bunch of, it's a compilation of everybody's ideals on one masterpiece. And that's right. why I always say the last one out is the best one. <laughs> because you get everybody else's ideals you know, but that's what kind of motivates me just to, you know, the wow, I love glitter, I love bling. So anything that sparkles, shines. Or- <laughs> <laughs> She's telling the that is the exact truth. <laughs> Casey probably it was blinged out before at one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will have to, you know, Crystal was so nice to bring a gift and it's actually a mug. So as Shelby said, if we have merch, we will we will be using Crystal because it has on our, our logo and has some of the podcasts on the side. So it's really, really very cool. Family picnics that we had that year, we had t-shirts. Crystal was the one who made them. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, yes. And Taisha, you too, because I mean, it seems like your inspiration is related to events, but I remember you did a dinner for like uh, uncles and aunts and it was just beautiful. So, you know. I think with me, it's more that I love to entertain. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have this passion for entertainment or entertaining folks and serving people. And I also just like to make people feel comfortable in, in, in the space that I presented. Mm-hmm. And I like the feedback from it to, to say like, okay, this was beautiful, but you know, and I take, you know, try to take that into perspective and, you know, adjust in certain ways and things like that. I think I should have been a designer in my mm-hmm. previous life, but and hopefully in my next life I could be a designer. Because <laughs> I like to just transform a space into something that is just uh, like Crystal said, that wow factor. Her recent bathroom was a real wow. <laughs> <That> was <amazing. laughs> and, it, and it does. You sit back and it's not something that I just outright do. Like I'm looking like we're moving and I'm looking at the new space that we're in. And it's not something that I can just come up with overnight. So it's going to take me a while to figure out what I'm going to do. For instance, like in my bedroom, uh, current bedroom, I had a ceiling fan up there and I removed it and I put nothing there because I could not put my hands on what it was that I wanted to put there. Mm -hmm. And so eventually I had to just put something there because we had to sell the house and I'm still not happy (laughs) with that ceiling fan. But I, all of those little pieces and things like to make this space feel warm, inviting, cohesive, like, you know, because that does make sense. So um, mm-hmm. there's something called feng shui, mm-hmm. and I, I truly believe in that, in the way the, the, the movement of the room and how you go around the room and when you come in and just things just kind of vibing with each other. So, yeah, it's more about the the entertainer in me, I, I would say. But I think it's really interesting. Um, as you're, you're speaking, um, you were talking, I'm kind of 
thinking of the parallels that come out between that and like your medium of quote making Mm -hmm. um because quote making is very much i feel like about that warmth and storytelling and Mm -hmm. and and kind of familial like it makes you makes you feel good kind of kind of feeling and i feel like that directly goes with this idea of like putting things together um in a way that is appealing and Mm -hmm. and and pleasing to to the eye or has meaning but it also makes you it's like a feeling yeah because i always used to think that about your house charlene um Mm -hmm. the one and even the one here Mm -hmm. but i remember when i used to come to your house on brownstone lane it was just something about your home when you walk in it just made you feel like you were home Mm -hmm. you know it was just um like this feeling that you get and that's what that, that when I go for when I try to do different things is that that feeling of somebody's hugging me, you know. Yeah. It's, it's just very weird. Yeah, no, I I guess, and it's funny because Shelby recently moving out and trying to get her apartment together. We sort of had that same kind of I want my home to feel like home. So when I move into a new space, people walk in and say, "It looks like you've been living here for years," yeah. because yeah. I just can't leave it open with nothing too long. I have to put my pictures up. I have to put my blanket on a couch. I have to do whatever to make it feel like home. Yeah, Yeah, your house definitely, like even this one that we're in now, like when you walk in, there's something very inviting about your home. And this is why I do like to come here. It's just like, it always feels like Thanksgiving. (laughs) 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 No one knows what Thanksgiving feels like. It feels very warm. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that's like, that's like my motivation kind of. Yeah, no, that's cool. And I think we touched on this, but I don't, I think it's good to just go on it a little bit different about this whole thing about the COVID lockdown. Cause I know, you know, we're all ready to hurry up and get vaccinated and get out there again, but there are some blessings with COVID. And I think around this crafting thing, people are finding their talents and you mentioned masks before, but I know there's other things that people are doing because of COVID people around are up everything like, which is great. Like everyone is trying all different things. Like I know one of the most recent trends is rug tufting like mm. making making rugs and then there was like macrame and weaving was a thing that was really popular and it's great to see like people dabbling in in art and even my my um brother he's good with wood he was on for the insurance um, podcast and um I told him like I work from home on a couple of days a week and so my laptop, because, you know, everything is team meetings and things like that. So like, how do I, and I have a monitor, you know, a, a flat screen so I can see things bigger. So I needed my flat screen to be up some so that I could open up my laptop. And when I'm in team meetings, they could see me. So I said, can you make me something? He made me this beautiful wooden block and it matches my desk that I could sit my monitor on top and then I can open up my laptop down the bottom. So while I'm in meetings, I can be looking straight ahead instead of like looking to the side or wherever. So, I mean, I, I think it, it, um, this whole thing, you know, out of necessity, you start, you know, creating, creating different things. So. And, I, and I would just add that I think that we've just gotten something that maybe this current generation never had once this time. Okay. I mean, we just go and everything is so fast paced and to really just have that time where 
you probably gonna be in for the next three days. <laughs> so really, like, what do you do after? I mean, when we were younger, you had puzzles and mm. you know simple crafts in the household, or go outside. I mean, we're not going outside, so what do you do now? And I think that people really realize that their houses are small. And that they don't know what to do with themselves when they have all of this time. And so you started going to, when the craft stores did open, Joanne's never closed. But when the craft stores did not, because we both were in And they were only open because of necessity to make masks. Right. That was their primary reason why they allowed them to stay open. But the shelves were bare. Mm. People, there were no sewing machines to be purchased. Like people were coming out of, Hiding with their crafts, like people who had dibbled and dabbled were now like full fledged starting businesses. And plus, it was an opportunity to supplement your income because a lot of people were not working, right? So, they had to find ways. Like, I mean, you had chefs that were now doing meals out of their homes and mm-hmm. you know, doing on sales. So, it was a necessity, but it, it allowed you to hone in on what you were good at, yeah. That others would, you know, maybe be interested. So, it almost went back to the old fashioned. So it almost goes back to um, the old bartering system hmm. where people can look at what do I have of value to sell, what interests others, and likewise be able to buy items from others. So that's where the crafting actually went into. I mean, you got Taisha with the quilting. I did a lot of baking mm-hmm. for COVID because people couldn't really get to bakeries and yeah. birthdays were still happening. Yeah. And so I was doing a lot of that along with other things. But I do, I just think that um, it gave us an opportunity to really just spend time with ourselves and kind of go with it. And you know, it's, it's actually interesting. As you were saying that, it made me think of, I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about how it's scientifically proven that when natural disasters happen, more often than not, it's the government and the like organized like police forces and things that are going to panic and the community just comes together and <laughs> like knows what to do. And it's like, well, hey, like you don't have this. OK, well, I have this. And and th- that the community and that people are inclined just naturally to help each other out and how how we can. And I, I think COVID's no, no different because, you know, people making masks or, or bringing food to other people or dropping things off. We, we kind of do that without needing to rely elsewhere. Um, it's just a natural thing that, that we as people, as human beings do. And I think that's a really kind of beautiful thing. And also because... My mom knows me. I'm very like anti-government, so <laughs> that also like <laughs> fits in well with my. I don't know my. Yeah, we'll be having another values. interesting podcast around that on so, capitalism. And you bet, I've been taking my notes. When is it supposed to happen? In the next series, so you got time. Yeah, make sure I'm on that one too. <laughs> Go back and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we have a, we have a, that would be cool. Yeah, let me keep Taisha in mind for that one. Yeah, uh, you know, some people, yeah, so, but no, that's great. I think that's so true. I mean, you do wind up, you know, really depending on other people, or bringing people, you know, toilet paper. I remember Taisha and I having the conversation, where did you get toilet paper? <laughs> oh, that was amazing. 
where, where? You give me a couple of rolls, whatever. Yeah. So you share with each other. And it, that, so like I said, it definitely, we definitely need to get out of this COVID state. But I think it's shown some, some good things about people and the things that we can do. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, though. Why do you think that um, you have to be artistic to do crafts? I mean, I was thinking that's an interesting question because crafts are something that you can just follow the directions. But then I'm thinking you sort of have to have an eye for it a little bit. But I don't think that should hold you back. I don't know. I would begin to get, get, get everyone's opinion on that. There's craft. There's a lot of craft boxes and things. I don't know if you guys have seen these mm-hmm. around. They literally put everything that you need to make something in a box with directions. And they send it. Like, you can order it online. You can even do craft by numbers and such. Yeah. So, And then I would also add, like, you see a lot of people who own a cricket. And they just buy designs on Etsy. So it's like literally ready to go, download it, cut it, add your colors, and press it. You guys have to tell me about this cricket because I'm holding Taisha's in my basement because she's about to move. So what does this cricket do? And I have a friend who does this cricket too. And I'm like, what is it? It is a movement. (laughs) It's a movement. And so, FYI, Crystal just told me they went public. Yes, they did. And not more stock. Uh-oh. My so, family has a stock club, too. I'm not part of it, but they, <laughs> too late now. Y'all guys should have got there. <laughs> no, they just went public. Just went public. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good time to get in. Yeah, yeah. And it's all on the uh, craft sites, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, everybody is talking about it. And I mean, and that's good to see, too, because, you know, most people, like myself, um, like Taisha, is this isn't like what I do, right? I mean, so um, you see people who have knowledge in other areas, and then they're like, "Hey, make sure you're getting in on this." And I had to call Taisha to figure out how to do that, but I got it done. <laughs> um, but what the cricket machine is is it's a cutting machine. So basically, it's a machine. Uh, one of the first you have silhouette, you have other um, larger cutters cut uh, um, greater space, but. Basically, it reminds you of like Apple and in the plug and play sense, like you just take it, hook it up and you can be cutting like within the hour because mm. it's very simple, very straightforward. But what you can cut would allow you to do shirts because you're cutting vinyl and it can cut many others. But the main thing is vinyl and you can put things on mugs or glasses or shirts or I mean, like anything, bags, anything you basically, once you buy a cricket, there's probably no blank spaces in your home after that. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, oh, I can put a letter on that. I mean, and you can do pictures and all like that. So when you go to Etsy, they basically, you're buying a template that might be a design, they're SVG forms, uh, format, and then you bring it into your, download it, and then it'll cut it the way that, you know, you had told it to cut. And Funny thing is, so many of the machines work the same way because you can buy an SVG from a for your Cricut, use it on your embroidery machine, convert it, and also bring it over into your Glowforge. So I was going to say, one, isn't the Glowforge like a Cricut or it's a high end Cricut? I don't uh, know. <laughs> high, high. <laughs> because like the 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 entry level for a Cricut is like, I mean, you can get one under two hundred dollars. The glow forges start at about twenty six hundred dollars. Wow! So they're laser cutters, so they're going to cut your wood, your acrylic, totally different um, media. Where uh, Cricut is cutting vinyl and you know doing more lightweight cutting. 
Mm-hmm. It also cuts fabric. So one of the things that led me to get, um, getting the Cricut is because when I'm doing my quilts, cutting is one of the major issues. And it oh. can be hard on your back. It also can be hard on your wrist. And it just gives you a more precise cut. So um, I was able to get the Cricut just based on the fact that it cuts fabric. And, oh. But it's a specific Cricut that you The Cricut get. Maker. Yeah. So that one's the most expensive one. I think that one's... Like exactly. anywhere between three twenty nine and three sixty nine. Yeah, but Joanne's do well. Most of the stores do. They do um, bundles, and they often have some types of sales. Because I don't think I paid. I think I paid like two sixty nine. So you got to catch them though, because they're not. Once it does go on sale, um, they're gone. And like that mug one you bought. The mug press. Yeah, the mug press. Gone. Gone. It came, out, <laughs> it came out on March the fourth, and I was like, "Who would need this?" I mean, this is so crazy. But when you showed well, it to me, and then the next thing I know, I saw that you could do tumblers, and I was like, "I need that." <laughs> and I looked up because I actually they were sold out everywhere. And I went online to Michael's and they said they had one. And I went there and they gave me the one that they had reserved for their classroom. Mm. And I wanted to get one because I was like, oh, that's so cool. (laughs) And I told Crystal, it's like an infomercial. And you're like, here's why you need it. And (laughs) it's like an infomercial in your head. But um, it's a whole movement. And when you see that type of movement, it's like this company is definitely going to be worth something. So when I did hear that they went public, I was like, this is the stock to get. So I told what well, Crystal called me and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good deal. So go ahead and do it. So I made sure that I went out and got some, too. And I'm going to keep getting it because I see that the value in that company just based on my purchases. <laughs> I, I, um, my, on my husband's side, she called me and she's funny because she just buy things. And she was like, Taisha, I'm going to get me a cricket. And I said, for what? (laughs) And she was like, I just want one. And she went and bought one. And it's still sitting in the box today. So, and I think she bought it a couple of months ago. And I had just talked to her the other day. And she said that, yeah, it's still sitting in the box. And I was like, it's still going to sit in the box. (laughs) Now, what I will say, what I will say about that, you say just sitting in the box. So, with with the cricket, with any kind of crafts, Always only buy on sale. Like, I mean, yeah. unless you have an order right now that has to be fulfilled. Other than that, only only buy on sale. And um, so many people want to craft, mm-hmm. believe that they have this crazy crafting ability. I personally craft faster in my head than I do in real life. <laughs> so what winds up happening is if you're going to buy any type of like a Cricut or a Glowforge or any of those things, Try to buy them on a resale um, site because mm. so often people have these grand ideals that they never get to. And then you get a brand new machine never even opened mm. oftentimes for like, and then, I mean, they just want it out of their house. And it's <laughs> like, you can get it for like less than half the price. Which happened to me because remember, so Crystal and I were talking about getting a sewing table for myself. Um, and I was hunting them down and mm. I went to uh to the website and it was an Amish dealer and mm. this sewing table was like a quilter's journey. Mm. I mean it had the, the lifts, it had all of the threads um spools. I mean it just had everything. It was the dream. But it also was like almost three thousand dollars. Wow. So I went to this this vintage 
I guess, I don't know if it's like a consignment shop or whatever, but it was called The Barn Attic. And I went in there and it was like heaven. It literally was like the angels was like, (laughs) (laughs) and I just walked in. I was so overwhelmed. But this lady, this older woman came and I was telling her what I was looking for. I was like, I need a sewing desk. And she showed me the sewing desk. And I was like, I kind of want a sewing center. And she's like, oh, I got one. Now, mind you, this place is filled from front to back up to from four floors high. Anything you can think of. I'll never go to a jewelry store again because one floor was nothing but jewelry. It was the most beautiful place I've ever seen in my life. But she took me right to the spot where the sewing center was. Now, this is going to be published after I get it because I don't want anyone to hear about it, that they go and get my sewing desk and (laughs) upcharge. (laughs) But she can can tell me she's not going to sell it. But I went there and she showed it to me and it was the exact same desk on that was online, but it was just older. Yeah. I can tell it was the same measure. But you didn't buy it? It was fifty dollars. What makes you think I didn't buy it? <laughs> <laughs> you said don't nobody else go get it. I'm no, like, I don't want anyone else to go in and offer her anything more. Because mm-hmm. when I saw that it was the same desk, it's, yeah. it's just a little bit older, but they don't change their style. Right, right. I just looked at it and soon as she I saw two fifty on the the tag, but it was scratched out. And I was standing there nervous, like, oh, gosh, oh, gosh. And she said, oh, it's just $50. And then she started, I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> and she kept going on. And I was like, no, I'll take it. Because <laughs> I knew what it was. And I know what's, what it's the value of it. But it goes for about $3,000. I was like, I'll take it. This was excellent, Shelby. I know you had I something guess. to say about this. Because she's this consignment. <laughs> because, and again, like, you are then putting money back into the community mm-hmm. or back into a person's pocket and not into like a big like corporation, which I think is, you know, really, really great. I, I think we take for granted how many really great things you can find consignment or in the thrift store, like gems. And because I think we we are very, as a society, like, we, we like things new and we like things fast and we like things right now. Um, so we kind of forget about the, the things. And like you said, it ends up in a box somewhere or just like left. And we, for, we forget, forget about these things. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. I, I called my mother-in-law on the phone and I was showing her and she was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a place, Shelby. Have you heard of it, Shelby? It was called like the barn. The barn attic. I feel like I have, it's but in I, I've never, I haven't been. Oh, you gotta go. Yeah. I, oh, I definitely, like, <laughs> I'm going to get Christian and well, we're going to go. Four yeah. floors of just beautiful magic. Is, oh, it sounds nice. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, the jewelry floor alone was just, even my daughter, uh, Aja, the 16-year-old, she's 15, she'll be 16. She, we were just in there and it was just amazing. They had old dollhouses. They had... Raggedy Ann dolls, which you know, you know how old Raggedy Ann dolls are. They had, I mean, just oh, it sounds like that's that storm toy story is coming to mind. The last toy yeah, story, oh, you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was just the most, it, I mean, honestly, I, I, I. And it's, it, it's, it's storytelling too. Mm-hmm. Like things have, I like to believe that things have energy and things have stories. And so that's also nice. Like, Instead of buying new, like have, finding something that's equally as good, mm-hmm. but that has a little bit more of a, a story behind it, a history yeah. behind it. 
And I think that's like a perfect lead into what I was going to say. You know, crafting can be expensive when you're talking about a glow forge and a cricket. But, you know, a lot of people still are maybe working part time or part or maybe not working at all. So, you know, what kind of crafts can you do on a tight budget? You know, or as you said, you know, you can go to consignment shops and find your things or even probably, you know, garage sales and stuff. You might find a cricket that somebody didn't open up. So other suggestions for people on a tight budget who really want to craft. I think Facebook Marketplace is probably one of the best places to go. But the other thing is, is pace yourself when you're buying things. So before I, once I started quilting, I did treat myself to a machine, to a sewing machine, but I didn't break the bank on it. You know, I got it. It was on sale. And then I said to myself, if this is something that you want to continue to do, then you upgrade. And so I think after two years of having that first machine, I then treated myself to like, I got my money's worth out of that Mm -hmm. first machine. And then Mm -hmm. I upgraded to the next level. And um, I did, that was a, a little bit on the expensive side, but most of your things, if you were like, you know, selling things, um, you can make your money back on, on different things that you buy. And the garage sales, consignment shops, thrift stores, a lot of people who do make quilts will get things from the thrift store. You can make a quilt out of just in about anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, and someone is always selling something. So. Mm-hmm. And just reinvesting yourself because, I mean, while you may start out with, a, with something um, small, mm-hmm. if, you, if your goal is to sell it, when you make a few sales, then go ahead and upgrade and reinvest in it. If it's just for personal use, I mean, there's all kinds of crafts that you can do. Like she was saying with the box that you can buy in like mm-hmm. a box and just have everything. And now you're not buying excess. Because, I mean, you think about it when you do go to do a craft. There's so many things that you need. Like, yeah. I mean, I brought, I have brought glues that were $15, you know, and... I, I just have just a whole bin of glues because it's a different glue for a rhinestone versus a, mm-hmm. you know, different piece of wood or something. So you got all the, if you bought a kit, you would only have what you needed mm-hmm. and you would be paying that one price, but everything for that particular craft would be included. I mean, outside of that, I would say um, anything with the little acrylic paints because I mean, they're 50 cents. Mm-hmm. So anything with paints, crocheting, I mean, those are some of your more low end, um, canvases are not expensive so you can you know um the dollar store mm-hmm. so the dollar mm-hmm. store is coming up y'all <laughs> you know what I, I will debate you on the dollar store <laughs> you can debate me all day long but let me tell you something you the right dollar tree mm-hmm. they have vinyl now now i'm not saying that the quality is going to be that of you know um sizer or something but they do have if you're just learning how to do it they have colored vinyls they have scissors they have paints. They have twine. I mean, like they, you could you could really go do some crafting for ten dollars at the Dollar Tree. <laughs> I, now, I mean, we're not debating the Dollar Tree. We're debating whether or not you can craft on a budget. So, right. <laughs> you can. And, and, and some Dollar Trees, I would say, all Dollar Trees are not made equal. Right. Right. So you get to one of your larger ones. Those crafting sections. I mean, they have rhinestones. They have bling wrap. They have, I mean, like, they have, they even have Mod Podge, the real one. Oh, really? I mean, like, not a knockoff. I mean, like, they have the real Mod Podge. So they are selling just what we're talking about, small quantities right. of major things that you need. 
you can get from the Dollar Tree. And less less waste, which again, like as someone who is really like sustainability and, and eco minded, like because a lot of like art things. I mean, as an artist and a painter, granted, Christian and I, we are both artists, so we do use these things. But you you have to buy like a certain certain amount. They don't come. So and I I know that Etsy that does a lot of these kits. I'm sure there's certain websites where that are just dedicated to like monthly subscription boxes or whatever. But I had a train of thought. It's gone. It's gone now. I remember, wasn't there like when you went to um, Bennington, there was a dollar store oh. and I remember them having like art stuff. And yes. Maybe because it was near Bennington, but I- <laughs> what Crystal was reminding me when she said Maj Podge, that reminded me when I was in maybe middle or high school and granted we didn't sell these, but me and my friends, what we did was we found like, and I think you get these uh, Dollar Tree or really cheap at a craft store, like the little like wooden like circles or hearts, little shapes. And we would print out like a picture off of, you know, just, you know, on regular printer paper and Mod Podge it onto the wooden thing and then put a little pin on the back and then you had a personal button, a personalized button. Oh yeah, you, you made. made me some of those. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was really fun and it cost like nothing really to make. And so that was a fun thing that like that you could do with your friends or with family as well um, and give them as gifts, little things like that. So we talked about different kinds of crafts you can do, but if a person's saying, hey, I want to craft, what would you suggest that they look into? Like, I don't know how you got into quilting. What made you do that? But I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) Did you wake up and say, hey, I want to quilt today? Like, you know, people may say, I want to do a craft, but I'm not sure which one would work for me. I mean, is there... I don't even remember. That is so funny. I think I was just watching YouTube one day. Just, say YouTube. Everything goes back YouTube. to YouTube. <laughs> Crystal shirt. I just went to YouTube. And I was just like, that's really interesting. I, I couldn't even, I don't remember. I do know how I started crocheting, but yeah. <laughs> I started crocheting as a child. Um, so our aunt, Aunt Vicky, uh, yeah. who passed those, has passed away, she was a crocheter. And because... I just admired her as a person. I wanted to kind of model after her. And so I actually been self-taught. So I would watch her and I would watch um, her daughter, Kyra, and and how they would um, make things. And so when I taught myself how to crochet, I taught myself how to crochet because I didn't have needles. I did it with my hands at first. Mm. Yeah, I did. And then I started, um, once, you know, I got a little older, I started buying my own needles and would just crochet here and there. But now I do it more often because it's relaxing. Yeah. So if anything, if I, even with the quilting and the crocheting, it's it's really, basically I started because of trying to, a method of relaxing myself. So, Crystal, you said you had a background, though, in textiles and things like that. But when you were growing up, did you just, like, always been sort of crafty? I guess you know, Well, like- my mother is a amazing crocheter. I mean, mm. she makes every baby a blanket. Oh, um, wow. And, I mean, it'll have a fire truck and, a, you know, names on it. I mean, wow. like, and this was before YouTube. So, I mean, <laughs> she was coming up with these ideas on her own is what I'm saying. 
And um, so she does, she basically taught everybody how mm. to um, crochet. And she did some sewing. So then I went to school for sewing. I made my prom dress. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And so, but then I kind of left the sewing realm. I, well, I shouldn't say that. I actually, when I started OPM, I didn't have a lot of money. I would make a suit overnight. Cause like that was my thing selling. It was my it was my go to, and I sold and I sold and I would buy stuff in the thrift store and take it in and you know do all those things. But then I had children, and you know you can't really find time to do all that. So then I went back to crocheting because that was something you could do. Just no space. I mean, then you can have somebody laying beside you yeah. and crochet, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got into cricket, it was funny because it was actually I didn't have a major desire to learn how to use the cricket. I wanted to go to this cl- uh, class for making wine glasses, uh. and the Navy had a class on how to paint wine glasses, and then I started looking at YouTube, mm. and I saw theirs were really nice, though, and I'm like, I don't trust my painting. And <laughs> I was like, well, how are they doing that? And they were using the Cricut. Okay. So I went to the store, and I said, I'm buying that for my 50th birthday. So I brought it, and then I said to my daughter, we're going to make these for my party, mm-hmm. and she was all in. And the next thing you know, we were sitting in the midst of all of these glasses with a cricket we didn't know how to run. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have any choice but to figure it out because we had all of these glasses to do. And by the time we did the glasses, we were good. And I made myself the first birthday shirt. And I've been making glasses and birthday shirts ever since. Wow. So it seems like it's just like getting inspired from others and maybe looking at YouTube and that can help you sort of figure out what what you might like to do. I admit I'm not more of a crafter, but I do like doing puzzles. That's my relaxing thing. And I and I actually I used to scrapbook. That was sort of my thing. But I think after Shelby got to like, you know, high school and then you could do everything on Shutterfly. So I guess that's my way of crafting a, a book, but you put all your pictures together with your words. So I think there's there's so many things that that you can figure out by like just looking what other people do and YouTube and Pinterest you know. is a big one. Oh, Pinterest, Pinterest. I should I put that Pinterest down. Pinterest for all of my, like when you're, when you have an ideal and you're looking for color combinations mm-hmm. or, you know, just any kind of instructions, ideals. I love Pinterest too. Yeah. Is there anybody on YouTube that you guys like that maybe we, I, we could put in the references around crafts? I have a YouTube channel. Oh, well, we want to put your link. <laughs> uh, we're going to definitely put, we're going to put your you you on that. That'll be the main one we will put on. So that would be great. Because I'm sure after hearing this, people were like, who is that crystal person? I want to know more about that. And I do want to also get to, because we've been mentioning it a little bit, you know, Taisha, not so much. She, don't, she didn't want to do the business thing, but it sounds like, Crystal, you've really been able to manage your love of crafts with a business. So what advice would you give to people? Because I heard some things like having enough stock, but then again, starting out with just what you need. How did you grow to the point where, you know, seeing your your lovely basement <laughs> that you're you can meet your demands and but also still love what you do? So I would basically say just looking at what is selling. I mean, just yeah. basically really being mindful of what's selling. I mean. You know, the, the the customer demand is what you need to go by, not just, I like to do that. Yeah. I mean, you can have a whole wall of, I like to do that, yeah. but if nobody... Is buying it, <laughs> I love that. But if nobody is buying it, you know, that's not really going to help the business. 
market. I don't mm -hmm. care what you make. I don't care how small it is. Put it out there. The reason why is because so many times you put stuff out on Facebook or on Instagram and you forget about it. And then somebody comes three months later and was like, yeah, because I saw when you posted and you're like, that was so long ago. <laughs> they saw it, and in their mind, they knew when their time came for their birthday or their yeah. special occasion, they were going to come to you for it. And it was from that one post so long ago. So I always post everything. The other thing is don't oversell. Don't go look at Taisha's quilt, and you're not at Taisha's level, mm -hmm. and you say, oh, yeah, I can do it, because it's nothing worse than disappointing the customer. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, people, people want to buy what you're making. Yeah. But stay at your your level, if you will, because if you try to oversell and then fall short, that's worse than mm -hmm. selling what you really could sell. Right, right, right. Because when people see stuff or they have something in their mind, it was funny. I was watching this show. I don't know what it's called. But it was some kind of baking show and they would like go to two different bakeries and ask them to make something. And I love this show called The Mandalorian and they have what people call Baby Yoda, but his name is Go Crew. But anyway, so they went to these two different bakeries. Oh, did I send you this one? Maybe you did, Shelby. It was a YouTuber. Um, right. She's a, a, a cake artist. I know exactly what video you're talking about. Yeah. And she has a series where... Yeah, so they go and... So these cakes look messed up. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> And they were supposed to be 3D cakes, right? One did look better than the other one. Well, she go and she goes to a like a five star, like rated, you know, whatever bakery. And then I think she goes to a home bakery, yeah, as well. But it's like I I want this exact image on this budget. What can you give to me? And then yeah. she reviews them that way. And this poor Yoda cake, baby Yoda, it was falling apart. Mm -hmm. The other one was like, I was like, oh my goodness. Then one, I think one, the cake tastes good, but the other one, it didn't. So I'm like, I can appreciate when people see things in their crafts, baking, you, you expect to get what you yeah. see. And that could be very disappointing. Well, and what you see being that if you're posting your images, right, and that's the problem, if you're posting your images, right, then they know this is the level and quality of work that you do. Right. When I go take Taisha's image and I put it <laughs> on my page and I'm not at Taisha's level, mm -hmm. which I should be taking Taisha's picture to begin with, but that's where the problem lies because I feel like if it's your true work, mm -hmm. you've done it before, like, and that would be the biggest thing. Don't sell something you've never made before. <laughs> you know, I mean, just because. This kind of looks like, I mean, now clearly if it's just a shifting of, you know, the same style, but it's just, you know, but when you are like, okay, for instance, you made a vinyl mug and somebody now wants sublimation and you never did sublimation. They're not the same thing. They're two different, yeah. totally different skill sets. Those, that's what will get you in trouble. And all you need is like somebody to get out there and say something negative. You right. Know? And, and everybody who sells has an issue with a customer at some time um, or another is really recover from that. Right, you know, right. Make it right. Give them their money back. Give them the product. Do whatever. Um, but customer service, uh, that's priceless. Marketing is key. Pricing. I was going to say, how do you come up with the price? Because I know Shelby and Christian, we talked about that on their, their podcast about art. And for this crafting, like, how do you do it? It's a combination of your time plus the cost of the... Materials. Um, materials and yes and so always you know when you first get started you always get burned 
Mm. I mean, it's just a fact because you're more excited about the sale than you are about the reality of what it, <laughs> what it takes to make it. And I say that in like Taisha, when you're selling, right? And this is what I say to customers. Yes, I can make you a skirt, but clearly a leather skirt is not the same price as a leather skirt. <laughs> so when people want to, you know, nail you down and they're like, how much are your shirts? You need to take a step back and say, what exactly would you like? I need mm-hmm. to see what you like. How you want it? Is it front, back? What are the sizes? Because sizing is different. Extended sizes cost more. You know, do you have a particular shirt in mind? Because people will lock you into a price. And then they're like, I only want Bella shirts. Well, Bella shirts are much more expensive than Gildan. And they're not easy to obtain because they're not in all of the stores. You got to order them online. I mean, shipping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ladies got into a big um, problem because they were doing Diva reefs, right? Which is like a hot item. And they make them so nice. The lady went to ship it. It was $43 to ship it. Wow. So, I mean, she said shipping was included. Okay. Oh, so she, yeah. So yeah. she basically <laughs> sold this diva reef for like 60 bucks. She probably put mm-hmm. $40 worth of materials into it. And then she had to ship it for $43. So you got to really do your homework. So you yeah. have to do your homework. And, you know, with COVID, because, you know, I basically created a thing where I have um, contactless pickup so you can pick it up from outside out of a bin. But when you're shipping to people, you kind of have to either, if you don't know what the shipping is, because you can do your own shipping inside like I do now, you can um, weigh it and know the price. Or you can say shipping is separate and I'll let you know when we complete it, but it won't exceed, Okay. you know, X amount of dollars. If it's a t-shirt, I mean, a t-shirt is a t-shirt pretty much. You can say it's $5 for the shipping. Or, you know, depending on how you're trying to market, you could say it includes shipping. Mm-hmm. You know, to make it sound like, you know, mm-hmm. you're getting a little bit of deal. Bundle prices. I mean, there's so many ways, but you kind of got to do a lot of research. Because believe it or not, like some areas, you cannot make the same amount on a shirt in Philadelphia as you might be able to make in Michigan or mm-hmm. New York or Georgia. I mean, so when we're talking online... They're like, I can only get X amount of dollars. They won't pay that. If they won't pay it because they're bombarded with people who do it, you can't charge it. Uh, So you only can get what the market's going to bear. The market too. But you know, sometimes it bothers me when people try to uh, downplay what it is that you're doing. And what I mean by that is if I put a quilt up or something and then someone tries to come and lowball me, and it's just like, dude, this is a one-of-a-kind thing. You're not going to be able to go buy it anywhere else. And yeah. I think that people don't appreciate the work that you actually put into it. And I think it's disrespectful Absolutely. To, 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 to the person yeah. on the other end. And my biggest thing is you pay people what they're worth. I mean, right. you pay the, the value. Like, um, don't try to undervalue someone's talents. And mm-hmm. I, I can't stand it. So sometimes when the guys come in and cut the grass or whatever, sometimes my husband will go and say, I'm not giving them all that money. And I was like, no, you should pay them their, their worth. You know, yeah. you know, at least do that. Like, I will. I'm serious. No, I'm smiling because she does this everywhere we go. So <laughs> she means this. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah. I'm big. Well, I, 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 when it comes to like somebody doing something like Crystal, like you send me a shirt and you're in, and you're saying it's $50. I'm not going to talk you down because I'm like, no, you put your time into it. You yeah. put your inspiration into it. Don't argue with the artist. Thank like, you. Don't, yeah. don't say like, oh, 
you, if you if you don't make if you didn't make that piece, you don't know how long it took or what what went into it. You don't have the right to say like, oh, this isn't worth that much. You didn't make you didn't make the work. So how are how are you supposed to know what it's worth? Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't don't ever don't ever argue with the artist. That that is definitely something because and it's un- not mass produced, right? right. So. Unfortunately, again, because we live in such a mass produced like everything, you can get everything cheap and fast. We kind of expect that or feel like we're entitled to that. Um, and I think, unfortunately, a lot of people don't take artists and crafters seriously because of of that. But it is, it's an art form. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, it takes work and time and, and skill. So It's a reason why companies now go to um, using machine-made things because when you're when you have a human being actually hand-making something, you notice that those things are worth 10 times more than mm-hmm. something yeah. that's, hand, that's machine-made. That's yeah. why they always put handcrafted or handmade and you will see those prices more elevated than just the and, and and even what you're saying when you talk about handcrafted and handmade, one of the reasons why I stopped sewing for people was because they'll go into Macy's and pay $90 for a skirt that's jacked up, right? Mm-hmm. But yet, <laughs> when you make a skirt, they're like, they're looking at the lines like, are they coming? <laughs> you know? and, and you're like, are you serious? First of all, you wanted to pay me half of what you were paying them. And on top of that, you're being super critical when all you did was taken it off the uh, rack and went straight to the register. And you can't negotiate with Macy's. Exactly. The price is the price. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's so true. I think also having the daughter who's an artist, I really appreciate that a lot mm-hmm. more, you know, to make sure that people are, are paid. And, you know, and it's hard because it is your art and you feel like, okay, thinking about all that goes into it takes some thought and a lot of homework. So I think those are some really, really good points, Crystal. I did have some, you asked about YouTubers. Yeah. I, I have some suggestions. I know off the top of my head with Wendy, she's a sewer and she she's really awesome. And she like takes really expensive like fashion trends and like shows, like tries to make them and shows people how to make them and different stuff like things like that. Curry goat, which is, again, I mentioned rug tufting. And it's upsetting to me because he he's a uh, a young a black guy who um, is this artist and he makes these amazing rugs and things. And he really, this trend kind of really kind of just blew up. And he was one of the first people who started it. And now when you look up rug tufting, you don't even see his video. Like oh. it's so, and like it's colorism is so embedded. Like you, it will just, now it's, it's all white, white artists. Which is like it's it's and you said frustrating. His name was Curry Goat. Curry Goat is his YouTube name. Okay. It's frustrating how sometimes we get pushed out of spaces when they become trendy. But yeah, he's another one with Wendy. But by the way, not that it it matters, but it it doesn't matter. But it does matter. Um, she's a um a, a woman of color as well, uh, doing this work and. So we'll have Crystal and with Wendy and Curry Goat as yeah. references. They, that kind of touches like a lot of those little. Mm-hmm crafty things there's also a lot of youtubers that i've been watching and this is a little more geeky but they do like they make miniatures and things um and they literally like they're like yeah i went to the store aka i went into my recycling bin and got like my pop tart like packaging and used the cardboard from that to like craft whatever so looking up miniatures is really interesting and watching them work as well 
I think you can do a lot with 3D printing too, because one of our former, our guests actually was on Unusual Pets. She had, because like I said, I like that little baby Yoda thing. She made me one on a 3D printer and it came out pretty good. But then you have to have access to a 3D printer, which most people don't unless you're like in university or like my, you know, fancy high school had a 3D printer, but you would need to have access to that. I guess they're probably, but you know, I saw a lot of people even with the whole making face shields and different schools doing things for COVID using those 3D printers. They're probably pretty expensive though, I would imagine, and having your own uh, 3D, 3D printer. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Resin. Oh, that's another thing I wanted to say. Resin art is really big. Polymer clay, making jewelry and stuff out of polymer clay. That's another really big one. Because that was my, that's a good lead in because my next question was about what's trending today. So I don't know beyond, you know, we talked about the quilting, the crocheting, the, the cricket type of art. Um, I think I saw something maybe a little bit about black glass blowings coming back a little bit. Oh, but you, of course, you have to go someplace to glass blow. Yeah. that And that's a very difficult skill. I mean, you have to be glass is like imagine working with sugar like blowing sugar. That's what it's like to, oh, to wow. work with glass. It's so like fragile. And if the heat's not just right on, I think it's on Netflix. There at least was a show, like one of those glass blowing competitions. And mm-hmm. you really got the, and it's hot. And it's just like. I you to try that. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's so I think it's on South Street somewhere. Really? Yeah, it's in Center City, around that area. Yeah. It's like second third it's a fast blowing shop down here but it's awesome like really really cool so crystal what was the last tool that you brought (laughs) the the mud press oh okay that was actually the last thing i just put that what a week ago okay so that was that was the last the the mud press is one of the hottest items right now and and honestly what makes it hot because you can't get it (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You know, the more uh, less available, the more in demand. Yeah. And it's very easy. And I would say, you know, I know we did talk about cricket, but one of the things that I would say that makes them so unique for anybody jumping in is when you use a mug press that comes with your press, because usually you can get like a five in one press, you have to know the temperatures. You have to know how long to leave it in there and what settings to apply. With the cricket mug place press, I don't want to use this term, but I only need to make it simplified. They dummy down everything. Mm-hmm. So literally, you put your mug in and you push the button. Oh, wow. It knows how long to bake it. It knows when to stop it. And then it just beeps and you take out a perfectly done mug. So that's why they're selling like crazy. Everybody's getting a mug for Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's why they're selling like crazy because the other ones, you can overbake them. You can, you know, it's just so much thought that has to go in and you have to know that where this is just get a mug plop it in pull it out ready to go you know but sublimation so that mug that um, i made you is actually sublimation and so everybody or a lot of bodies that got the mug press cricket sells a um vinyl that's for um heat transfer Mm. but they can't get pictures because a cutting machine only cuts sublimation gives you images and allows you to just basically transfer the whole image so sublimation has been on the rise basically for the last couple of years. You do it on shirts, you do it on, you can just do it on anything. But that's that where you say stay in your lane. Yeah, that's you just can't thing. buy your just can't buy the mug press without knowing all of it. I was well, getting ready to say because this sounds very scientific. I'm liking this sublimation thing. Okay. Yeah, but you, you can use regular thereby. Cricket sells the oh, okay. 
But then you're just gonna have abstracts. So you're gonna have letters, you're gonna have shapes and you know, whatever like that, but you're not gonna have pictures. And then you said resin, we call it epoxy. So yeah, yeah so that's always because again, it just looks so nice. I mean, like that's really like leveling up. So you can do a, a glass and just have, you know, words on it, like just peel them and put them on here. But that's kind of like, here, mom, look what I made. <laughs> but the, <laughs> but the when you put the resin on it, it really does give you that finished storeboard look product. I mean, you can wash it, you can do whatever you want to do with it, and it just is going to keep that shine and, you know, all of that. It just really looks nice. And then, trying to think what else, the Glowforge. Yeah, I was so going to say the like Glowforge. You see the commercial and stuff, like... You can just make almost anything on there, right? Do you use that? I'm looking at your jewelry too. I know a lot of people do make jewelry. So do you, do you use that for your jewelry or you just use your own artistic skill to make your jewelry? Or, or? No, actually, so with these earrings, um, necklace, so you buy like the earrings mm -hmm. and then you put the nameplate on them, mm -hmm. but you can actually make earrings. Like I have some uh, Black History earrings um, where I made them all out of wood mm -hmm. and then you put the, you know, the... What are they called? Jury findings on them. So you can do so much mm -hmm. with the glow force because you can just go back and forth between, you know, jewelry making and um, I mean phone stands and just different stuff like that. But that's what makes that machine so nice because it's so powerful. I mean, it, really it can work works. in all types of materials. Then it can work. On, I mean, it can cut vinyl. It can cut vinyl, so it can cut the most intricate things. And then it can cut a whole large piece of wood. Mm. So you can go, kind of go back and forth. The machine embroidery is really up now. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, so the machine embroidery is on such a rise that at the beginning of COVID, I was upgrading my embroidery machine and I bought a PE600, brought the PE600. And just to show you how much of a on the rise it is, I bought it at $600, which was higher than what it had just been on sale pre-COVID. Right now, that same machine is $1,299. Oh, wow. So this is this is a machine that will do embroidery? It's machine embroidery. Mm. So you basically, you know, go get your image from wherever, Etsy or whatever, or you can the just- The surgeries are up also. Yeah, so yeah, just as well. But I mean, that's double plus mm. the price. Okay. I mean, that's a, that amazed me. And, and I've since sold it. And I was able to sell it for $800. Oh, wow. Okay. So it sounds like embroidery is also machine embroidery is coming, coming, coming around. So, I mean, really any of the, what we would consider, I'm going to use grandma crafts are all back. I mean, you know, crocheting, embroidery. Handicrafts. Handicrafts. That's, that's, you had a nice name for it, Shelby. Was it handicrafts? Handicrafts. That's yes. the, that's the name that at least in the art world that we use for these sort of. Yeah, I, and I was looking on my phone for another person when we were talking about crocheting that you two might be interested in. Her name is Joyce J. Scott, um, and she's a, a black woman artist, and she makes these like sculptures with beads and beading and like some yarn work, and it's just like these awesome, amazing like pieces of artwork that she she makes and they're all just like all little beads inter and connected and, and woven together really cool really cool work um, and again it's taking that kind of people think oh just you know 
oh, you're beating a bracelet, you know, what about it? But like, it takes to imagine like making entire sculptures out of just, just beading. Um, really cool stuff. You can do so much with, again, quote unquote, simple um, yeah. mediums. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I can watch some of this stuff. Some people, their skill set is so amazing. You're mesmerized by what they can do. I mean, those dolls that they make out of crochet. Mm-hmm. I mean, like yeah. when Bernie Sanders was saying, <laughs> Oh, I love that picture with the gloves. <laughs> made it like the next day. But like, I'm trying to think, how did you even know how to, like by the next day, they had them glasses and all crocheted into a doll. Yeah, and I was I like, this is amazing work. And even the gloves he wore, it those was, people yeah. sold out yes. like mm-hmm. after that. So it's all about word of mouth and, and getting the information out and all that. I think that is just crass. And I think, you know, if there's something that you can do, it, it's something I think uh, gratifying when you do something with your hands, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and you can say, I made this, you know. And so I, I think that's wonderful. And I do want you both, if you have any last thoughts on cra- uh, on crafts you want to share with the audience. And, and my mind is spinning because I'm thinking about another time, another podcast to have you both back <laughs> to talk maybe more on the more, you know, I do these fun podcasts, but some things have been popping in my mind about human resources and equal opportunity employment and things like that, that I think could be a, a a fun kind a fun but informative kind of conversation. So, oh yeah, and because I, we crap, but that's how real. Life. I know, I know, and you guys, <laughs> the way you guys go back and forth, I think that would be another fun fun po- podcast just to talk about that. Not, of course, you know, of course, you work for different companies. I had one recently that's going to release with some of my friends, um, actually Tanisha and actually one of my good friends, talking about how medicines are made. So, I think. Sometimes the things that we do in our careers can be shared in a more general way, maybe to help people understand, you know, certain aspects. And I know Taisha was very helpful with me when I was looking, changing jobs, just the HR piece to talk to her about benefits and all that kind of stuff. So I think this kind of, that kind of discussion would be, be really good, especially today where there's so many things going on around employment and how, you know, what, what, you, what, what mm-hmm. expectations you have. So I, I see, I see another podcast in my mind with you. <laughs> too. <laughs> but nonetheless, getting back to crafts, we, what would be some last thoughts that you would like to share with the audience about crafts as we wrap this up? Basically, just do what you love and love what you do. You know, um, I love to quilt. And, and I realized that I love to quilt is that I miss my sewing machine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I in my basement. <laughs> but I do have one, another one in the house. So okay. that's the first one mm-hmm. that I have. And I'm actually going to run to Michael's because I want to make these bird cloths, cloths that I saw online. And I was like, those are so cute. And I had this insatiable desire to just do it. Mm-hmm. And um, so you really, when you're crafting, just love it, you know. And if you love it, the person on the receiving end will also love it. And people can tell when you put love into it. So, Excellent point. So um, my business thing is Crystal Diversity Creation. And that's because I am in diversity inclusion, EEO diversity inclusion. And that is so stressful just watching, you know, dealing with people, dealing with their complaints, dealing with everything. And so I would say just do, remember crafting is cheaper than therapy. So just like I mean, it is cheaper than therapy and it really is a stress reliever. I mean, and it's so satisfying when you're done 
even if it's not your best product, mm-hmm. you know, it's just nice to know that you, you, you took it on and you know what to do differently um, the next time. It, and and it, it's actually an outlet to allow you to deal with all that's going on in the world. I mean, when you think about it, like we did some great craft and I mean, I made buttons and shirts and such when we were dealing with the whole um, George Floyd and, you know, Black Lives Matter and COVID and just finding a way to kind of channel that energy um, to, you know, just get it out there. I mean, like now the big, some of the bigger things that people are putting on shirts is, you know, that you're part of the uh, vaccination club or, you know, <laughs> things like that. And I mean, it's like, you know, this is so serious, right? But at the same time, it allows you to just have a little fun with it mm-hmm. um, and, you know, use your creativity uh, around it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel like everybody is much more crafted than they give themselves credit for. Mm-hmm. Go back to when you used to paint by numbers, color, you know, do a coloring book. I mean, just get a pen and doodle, but it is such a good stress reliever. It really, really is. Unless that's so true. Shelby, you want to say anything? Because I know you're crafty too. No, I think, <laughs> I think they both, you know, really summed it up really well. It's, it's about, you know, I think sharing and like the community aspect and making something that you're you're proud of and also just finishing something. That that would be my thing. And I know I struggle with this. Just start, just just do it, you know, mm-hmm. and you might be surprised at, at what you what you end up with. So true. Well thank you ladies. This has been a wonderful conversation. I will be of course let you know when it drops. And um, I really appreciate it. And as I said, you will be coming back. Thank you.